Hey folks, Josh here. This fall at Gen Con, the largest tabletop gaming convention in the world, our show will be hosting its very first live recording session, taking place August 2nd at 8 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Indianapolis. This show will include a one-time recording of a What's in the Rift one-shot, as well as a prize drawing amongst ticketed guests where we'll be handing out exclusive What's in the Rift Gen Con 2024 custom t-shirts, as well as a Cortex Prime RPG handbook signed by the system's creator, Cam Banks. Tickets are $6 and available via Gen Con's events page. You can find more information and a link to the sales portal at rift.show forward slash live. We can't wait to see you there. Rusty Quill presents. Hey folks, Josh here. Using this space at the top of the episode to remind you that we now give you the opportunity to share a message of your own. Head over to rift.show forward slash coffee. That's coffee, K-O-F-I. And you can get myself or one of our cast members to read a message of your choosing for only $10. The money you spend there helps us pay for our voice actors and hosting fees, and is, of course, greatly appreciated. I'd like to introduce you to a new favorite show of mine. The Love Talker is an immersive story about love, sex, violence, and monsters set in a haunting town just off the Appalachian Trail. Its creator, W. Keith Timms, is a master storyteller, and his voice is one of the best in indie podcasting. I think being out here in the wilderness changes you. God, I hope so. There's evil in the world. I know that very well, but do you think it must be everywhere? Hello? I'm looking for the hostel. You should not be here. Hair of red, mark of blood, child of rain. Get you gone. I met someone, little bird. Strong arms, full lips, a voice so soothing and sweet. What happens to them, to the women? I love the way he talks to me. Most go missing. Some go mad, but, you know, by the time he's finished talking to them, they want to go with him. You mean like a serial killer? You are cursed more than you know. Tear you up and feed you back to the mountain! No one stops the murders from happening. and They they want to kill me because I know. I will not let anything hurt you. And so you die upon this mountain night. Love is keeping us with an ill cup. We don't say his name. Mother Mary, oh, let us in. They call him the gentleman. Mother Bridget, bring fire to us, kids. Jarfly men began killing. Mother Easter raised us from the soil again. The love talker. Mothers keep us where the devil come. Maybe coming out here will show me who I really am. The Love Talker is a folk horror fiction podcast launching October 25th. For more information, visit thelovetalker.com. And now, what's in the Rift? For the best listening experience, we recommend headphones. 
Previously on What's in the Rift. For the first time since this night began, all of you have done something that you originally intended to do, which is meet up. How do you look? Like shit. Well, yes, but besides that... <laughs> I'm, I'm laying over Gypsum's shoulder. Like decent shit or like real bad shit? Like I've just stepped out of space and time and then back into it. What the fuck is that? Sounds like a helicopter. Can we all fit in the car? We're gonna have to, let's go. No, 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 no. A car is big and conspicuous, especially at the bottom of a canal. Tosca and Jackie, as you guys round the corner and put some distance between you and the rest of your party, you look back and you see a white emblazoned helicopter crest the buildings on the far side of the canal. You said the helicopter was emblazoned. What was the, the symbol it was emblazoned with? U-C-R-I. That, that same emblem is right here on the back. And I found the hammer in that bag. Oh, that doesn't bode well. That's really bad news. Gypsum grabs your wrist, gripping your hand tight, and starts waving upwards in the direction of the helicopter. What an asshole. Hey, bucko. What the fig do you think you're doing? <laughs> so glad Dad is here. Dad is here. Dad is here. Dad is here. Victoria reaches down, grabs the handle, and throws the door open. It's down here. <sighs> At least until the heat wears off. What about our friend, though? We're going to have to find your friend when there is not a massive presence of those fuckers in the city. The hammer. Excuse me? Yeah, so I've been looking, the hammer, um, I found it in my apartment, and I've recognized the name Dima when Jackie mentioned it to me, because I have a scrap of paper here that I'd really like to read for y'all. Instead, with the help of Alan Co. and Darjan Submaranian, Dima is developing a machine to cause temporary inflammation in the midbrain through intracranial low-frequency harmonic percussion. Alan affectionately calls this the hammer. Vicky, do you know what the rift is? The what? The rift. Do you know how it's connected to these guys? I don't. I'm not familiar with the rift. Hmm. I am AR1033, reporting myself as redundant. One of the men in jumpsuit steps forward, his knuckles white gripping the baton in his hand, and he presses it firmly into the woman's chest. She collapses stiff and ceases to move. What's in the Rift is intended for mature audiences. This show includes death, drug use, criminal activity, and a consistent undercurrent of existential dread. Any children discovered listening to this show will get the hammer. Our story continues with Court Farouk in a park in the early morning hours in an unfamiliar Orlando, Florida. 
In the distance, she can spot two figures in black jumpsuits standing over a collapsed woman in the street. A woman that you've just seen killed. The shorter of the two turns to the other and says, And he nods at her and leans over and picks the woman up and starts moving towards the back of the van. She swings open the two large white utility doors and says again to him, Make sure she's all the way in this time. And as he pushes her in, she slams the door behind. They get back into the van and start to drive off. Court, you are at the moment relatively safe, but you are also out in the open in an unfamiliar Orlando. So tell me what Court wants to do here. Court's going to take a moment to look between the open park and the comfortable safety that is underneath the tree where she was just sleeping. There's going to be a moment where she looks back and forth about three to four times before taking a deep breath. Well, I guess I can't stay here forever. And she's going to start trying to blend in with people just walking along the sidewalk. Court's going to see if she can head towards the canal, but in a roundabout kind of way. You set off walking the opposite direction that you'd entered the park from. As you're walking down the street, this doesn't feel like the Orlando that you had arrived in. This Orlando is stark. It's more metropolitan, but also considerably less inviting. It doesn't feel like a touristy space. It feels more like an urban space than the Orlando that you're familiar with. You see a bunch of flat gray buildings, the same nondescript storefronts repeated ad nauseum. And most disconcertingly, you keep catching garbled mixtures of language, discordant bits. Is Quark multilingual? Oh, gosh, no. Okay. She doesn't speak like Farsi or Urdu because she is Iranian, right? By by heritage, at least? Oh, yes, by heritage. But um, she never was able to get much into the culture. Is there anything in particular that you're looking for? Or are you just making your way out to the canal? Um, Quark's trying to get kind of a feel for what this city actually reminds her of. Uh, there's a pretty strong sense of Tallahassee going on right now that she's getting, but the diverse language is, is throwing that entirely off. Um, so she's just kind of lost in thought, trying to figure out exactly what this city reminds her of. Has Court ever been in trouble with the law? <laughs> yeah. To the, to the point of being arrested? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Court, what this reminds you of most is... An institution, an institution like a jail or perhaps a psychiatric facility. I think that's what's really setting you off at this moment is there's a noted lack of decoration. In fact, looking around, there's not much extraneous at all here. It's very flat, almost inoffensive. And as you round the corner, you can now see the canal not more than a quarter mile in front of you. But what's standing out to you is amidst the sea of gray and nondescript building fronts, there is some type of kiosk. It's unlike the square and rough edges and the brutalist nature of everything else. This kiosk has a distinct blue hue to it, uh, an almost pleasant hue that seems familiar somehow, but you can't really place it. Well... 
it's very important that we manage to get together and become a team again. So Port is going to go take a look at the kiosk. Okay. You spend a few minutes circling the kiosk. Every time you pass around what you've decided is the front of the kiosk, a pleasant blue interface springs to life, as if inviting you to interact with it. On that interface, you can see an input box. Above the input, there's a singular word, almost like a brand name. And that word is truth. I'm going to type in truth in French on my phone to see what it says and try entering it into the kiosk. Okay, you type in verite in the kiosk. It's a little awkward at first because looking at it, it's not the layout of a keyboard that you're familiar with initially, but spending a couple seconds looking at it, it starts to make sense to you. And when you lay your fingers on it, you intuitively know how to quickly type out what you're looking for. And you you type in Verite and you hit enter. Immediately, the screen changes. It goes through a multitude of flashes, and it comes up with what appear to be simple search results. There are scholarly articles on truth, at least as best you can tell, because everything you're seeing is in French. These are all various articles of the sort that you would normally expect from a search engine. The only thing is that you're not seeing things like pop culture articles or songs or any of the typical results that you would expect from a normal web browser getting really creepy vibes from this kiosk. Everything is all factual and I do not like it. Gort's going to close out of the browser page and just be a little creeped out with just how stark and unemotional all of these web searches have been. Gort is going to uh, away from this kiosk. She notices that she's pretty much already gotten to the ravine and she's ready to cross. As you walk up to that ravine, there's something on like a crosswalk post makes another whirring noise and then a flash, same as the one at the kiosk, happens. In the back of her head, something is telling her that she should pay more attention to the fact that there was a whirling sound and kind of a flash of a light bulb. I think Court's going to make her way towards uh, one of the bridges. You come up to a bridge and you get another one of those whirring noises and then a flash. You saw clearly where this one came from. Court's starting to get annoyed. It is very rude to keep doing this to someone, so Court's going to whip her head around to try to catch what made the flash this time. Sure. It's not really hidden at all. There's another blue cylinder. This one has five letters on it. K-O-I-O-S. There is a clear plastic top to this thing, and there appears to be some type of machinery underneath that, but it's high enough off the ground that standing close by it, all you can see is the encasement. This is starting to get really ominous really fast. Court, as you're approaching this machine, another van begins to go by, except it doesn't continue. It stops not but 10, 15 feet away from where you're standing, staring at this blue cylinder that just snapped a photo of you. From inside the van, you see somebody lean forward and look back the way that they'd come from through the window. Their eyes land on you. And for a beat, nothing happens. It's almost as if time has frozen. And then the door opens, and they exit the vehicle, never taking their eyes off. Okay. Oh, no. Right, I really hope that van cannot get into that uh, 
<laughs> down that slope. And Court is going to make a sprint towards the decline of the cement bed of this dry river. Court, you hop that fence and you start hiking down there. It's not going to be an easy task for you. There will be some tests that will need to be conducted. But we won't get to that just now because we are going to jump back to the basement. So you just randomly came across the thing that has been the bane of my existence for these past three, four years. The thing that kicked off all these problems to begin with. And you've been using it. Uh, It's been shot a few times tonight, actually. What was it like shooting it? I only could hear it from down the hall. When you shoot it, you sort of like feel it inside. Like it like resonates inside you. We shot Court, who we currently don't know uh, where she is right now. And nothing happened to her. But when I was shot with it, I had a very miserable experience. Can you tell me what it was like? Because a lot of people that I would count as friends now got shot with that thing. It's sort of like being pulled out of yourself and seeing things from a different perception and then being shoved back inside your own body. When you say seeing it from a different... Like uh, outside of everything. You are pulled from reality and given a view of it that is not... Almost like you're looking at a version of you that isn't? Um, almost like looking at a version of the world that isn't. When this happened to you, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Tosca. When this happened to you, Tosca, did you see anything weird? Like you were there? Um, I experienced being inside a different individual for a brief moment before being jerked back out of that. And then back again to like an objective view of everything. And then back to me. Oh, it's like you have past lives inside you like Diamond Quake. What's Diamond Quake? From the Blizzard. One of the best characters. What's the Blizzard? The greatest story of all time. Universally loved and adored. Is this like a storm that's legendary? You're from Canada, right? So you guys get a lot of that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you have to tunnel across. No, Canada created the greatest form of art that the world has ever seen, the blizzard. Is it like an ice sculpture contest thing? Yeah, like a like a movie, like an Oliver Stone. You guys film. start in on questioning Bruce, and you find that before he even answers some of these unabated, they come to you. Everyone except for Tosca. Tosca, no matter what, every time you watch these things dawn to other people, uh, almost like they're being imparted knowledge that they haven't earned, you don't get that. You still don't have the same touch points that other folks had. When you were talking about Jason Christ or all that, well, it started to make sense to Jenny. It never made sense to you. And here again, you watch them go back and forth and start to talk about the blizzard and their initial astoundment at what the blizzard is and cracking jokes about Canada eventually fades away into them understanding, at least on a surface level. But for you, that doesn't happen. So remember how Diamond Quake, you know, he's Steve Sanderson. Right. I forgot about that. But issue uh, 67, he starts to get those memories of 
Andre Robertson, and he realizes that he's lived an entire other life. Oh, yeah. Why does this keep happening? I have no clue what you're talking about. I think I knew that. I, I do know that. Why do I know that? Because it's amazing. You don't have to be a blizzy to know that story. Of course. The blizzard. How could I forget? Victoria, do you know why this keeps happening? This is... Are you a blizzy? The the third time? I... I think I do. It's something that I've suspected, but I've got to ask you. The blizzard is something that happened for you, right? I went to BlizzCon 1, if that's what you're wondering. I am a from-the-ground-up Blizzard fan. You, what's your name? Jackie. Jackie, do you know what the Blizzard is? I seem to be remembering now. Have you ever engaged with the Blizzard or art book, uh, book of pictures? Uh, a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever engaged with a graphic novel before tonight? Like read one or seen one? Yeah, that. Well, yeah. Have you ever engaged with the blizzard before tonight? I... no. It seems familiar, but I don't think I've read it. But you know who Steve from the blizzard is, right? The signal. Yeah. There's two Steves. One Steve who's also Andre, and then Steve the signal, who's the leader. Yes, of course. Two Steves. How silly to forget. This is what I'm saying. When you come through, you drag this shit with you. This world was never big on art. I have to say, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. I remember when Munos first came through, the knowledge of Munos, I should say, and all of a sudden everybody is, why haven't I gotten my implant yet? Where is my Munos? How come no one has given me my Munos? What's a Munos? Munos is a a Finnish word, and it's a Finnish word that means knowledge. You know this because there's a story behind Munos. They're a type of machine that you can attach to your nerves. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you, but it, it does seem like something that everyone should have. It feels a little weird that you don't. Why don't I have the blizzard on my Muno? Wait. This is what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. I do, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. I don't think that I should, but I should. Victoria, do you know who Jason Christ is? An asshole. Hey, Ah. hey, watch it. You Ah. don't hear me talking smack about your your Stevie Ice Blizz To be fair, we absolutely were just talking shit about the Stevie Ice Blizz. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we did it once, but... This is a lot. There's a lot coming through, but... I think I know Jason. Wait, you know him, know him? Or like, you know the teachings? I do. (laughs) I know of him. I don't personally know him. He pretends like he's real chill. He is not. What's your name? Sorry, curly hair. Not you, Bruce. (sighs) Let's just get this out of the way. I'm Victoria. Can you all give me your names? I'm Blanche. Jenny. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Jenny, Blanche. Jackie. Jackie and Tosca, right? Yes. And Court, who we have no idea where she is. 
let's deal with what's here right now. Blanche, he's talking about Jason like he knows him, but that doesn't make sense because Jason lived 2,000 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. 2,023 years ago. Why I do saw I know that? four hours ago. So what exactly are you trying to say? I think what's happening here is that every time someone gets pulled through here, pieces of wherever they were before come with them. Okay, through where? And where is here? Let me tell you what I know about UCRI. First off, Dima Volkov. During the time I spent at UCRI, he stated multiple times that his goal was to determine what was at the core of consciousness. He's a fucking megalomaniac. That's the only way that I could describe him. He believed that he was going to figure out the truth at the center of everything. I'd heard him on more than one occasion talk about how he had to know the truth. Like he was going to figure out some objective truth. Well, if you could figure out consciousness, that's essentially what you do, so... But is that even possible? That's the question. And just because you figured out consciousness, does that actually give you an objective truth about everything? Well, that's the center of everything we are. So the way that we understand reality is based on our consciousness, so... How can you avoid a conscious bias of consciousness? He makes a good point. When Victoria says Sun Ji and Lai Bojing, does that give you all the same view and a recognition like the blizzard? But beyond, beyond me talking about it. Other than that, I'm not familiar with those names. You're not familiar with anything. But everyone else is. Everyone else knows those names because of how much they've been referenced in the news. But at the same time, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You guys do know these names had some amount of popularity, but it's not anything, again, that before today you would have ever brought to mind yourselves. This is starting to feel like a mass hallucination. It does feel uncomfortable, almost like your brain is slick like a sheet of ice, and there are things sliding into it. (laughs) (laughs) There are things sliding into it and across it and over it and escaping it at a little bit too rapid a pace for you to feel completely comfortable. Uh, Jenny's going to sit down. I... I think I told you all a little bit about my spirit radio and hearing all this, I'm getting the same feeling about that. Like, I can't grasp on to any of it. I thought that was something special, but now I feel like my head is just flooded with all sorts of things and, like, I tuned into it all the time. Did you have any type of brain injury, Bruce? How do you define a brain injury? Well, an injury to your brain, I... Don't know how to reduce that further. Listen, we'll have to come back to that. Didn't you have a friend that we needed to find? Yes. Yes, can we Can we go? We should get to that. Listen, before we go out there, there's just three things that you need to keep in mind. One, UCRI, no matter what they say to you, are not your friend. There are no UCRI members that are anything other than the last people that you want to be seen with. Two, do not 
under any circumstances. Talk to people that you don't have to. You will be different. They will know. And three, do not, if you can avoid it, please don't do anything to draw the attention of the Koyos machines. Koyos machines? You can't miss them. They are big blue cylinders. They have Koyos on the outside. K-O-I-O-S. And they are watching everything all the time. Stay off their radar. Otherwise, you will never be able to hide. Okay, on that note, Bruce looks down at his singed, burnt clothing. His buttons popped out where he tried to rip his shirt. Do you have any less conspicuous clothes I could wear? I didn't know who to expect. I grabbed some things that should work. And she drops a bag from behind the couch. Free clothes. I doubt you're going to have anything that fits me. I have children's clothing in there, if that's all right. Some light business, oh, you know, not quite business casual, hopefully. <laughs> Wing tips. <laughs> Somewhere nearby, in the dawning morning light, Court is jumping into the same dry canal that you had all first arrived in. Court... It is a steep incline, and there are people after you. I am going to need you to roll a dice pool for me. You have a test upcoming to see whether you can maintain your footing on your way down the embankment into the bottom of this canal. Definitely. That is an 11 that you'll need to beat. All right. So I'm going to use light on my feet, fast to act. I'm going to use my athletic die. I think pragmatism, just shortest way away from the person chasing me, if that would make any sense. Yeah, I'll buy that. Uh, that is a 10. Okay, um, Court, you start to slip, but maybe it's the fact that you're being pursued, or maybe it's the unfamiliarity, or maybe it's just simply the change of light, as it does appear to be nearing dawn now, and you have not slept all night yet again. But as you hit the side of this canal, your foot slides out from underneath you, and you end up in a rather awkward split as you're sliding down, and you catch a complication of a hamstring strain. You manage to hit the bottom of the dry canal here, and you come up limping. Shortly after you come up, you notice that the same person that had exited that van jumps over the side of the embankment as well and is coming down after you. I was really hoping you weren't going to follow, at least be a little bit out of shape. Uh, of course, going to look around to see if there's an easy way up the other side as she goes to take her first step forward and realizes putting a lot of weight on her leg is not the best option. Yeah. Court, it's rough going and looking around, it's not quite as serendipitous as the last point of egress was for you in this canal. You are underneath a bridge here, and the bridges have some more structure around them, but at least on this side, there's nothing that you see that would be an easy exit. However, as you're scanning across, let's make this a test too. Uh, this is going to be a relatively easy one. Make this a D6 challenge. Oof, uh, that's a four. 
Uh, the same pool minus athlete replacing it with scoundrel might be uh might be the best for this. Sure. One. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Okay, that one's better. Uh, I got an eleven. Okay, that's a heroic success. So as you are scanning, looking for a, a way out here, you do notice that there is a staircase on the far side of this canal. It's built into the embankment, and it appears to exit at the street level above. You figure in the few moments that you have that it must be there for utility workers or other people to exit without being caught in here forever. But it is a good 20 yards away. It's not a short distance to run, especially with a strain. And now, in the time that it's taken you to identify where to go, you hear the sound of boots clapping to the cement behind you. You have to move now, Court. Court will start taking off into a hesitant run, trying to test how much weight and pressure she can put on her leg. It's tough going. This is going to be a fairly difficult run for you. You do have a D6 complication. We're going to do one test here to see whether you make it. But because you do have that injury, I'm going to call this a D10 test. All right? <laughs> Best of luck to you. It's a nine on one die and a six on the other. So you have to beat a 15. I got nine. Court, you start to take off and you hear somebody shout behind you. The language doesn't sound right. Alright, stop, stop. You take off and you make it a few steps before you stride a little bit too far. And as you come down, you collapse. Your leg gives out on you. It's not like a Charlie horse. It's just like it couldn't support the weight of you running and you collapse. You collapse and you roll. And when you land, you are on your back and you are staring up at the underside of this bridge. And there's a message there, a message that only sits with you for a second before the woman and man pursuing you catch up to you. And that message says, stars converge, sands diverge, and yet we drift apart. <sighs> the woman stops above you and the crackle of a radio sounds. She pulls a device of some sort from her sleeve up to her mouth and barks something in a language that you don't understand into it. And all of a sudden down that opposite staircase come three more folks. And she places her boot directly into your abdomen looks at you and just gives you the briefest of smiles and says don't worry court honey it'll all be okay no it's hard to believe you with a boot on my sternum it'll all be okay the rest of you were not too far from the canal you were just far enough to arrive as several of those same blue pillars that Victoria had warned you about begin flashing a light. And they all seem to be flashing in the same general direction back towards the canal. There's a commotion going on there. What that commotion is, is hard to tell, but there are a number of UCRI fans, and Vicky immediately looks spooked. Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. We can't go this way. We can't go looking for your friend over there. But that's likely where they are. <laughs> we can't. If they are there, then it's too late for them. We'll have to find another way. I know we said we shouldn't, but should we try to message Court on the Rift? Do we really have another choice? Well, let's see if we can see what's going on. Uh, and I want to try and find a vantage point 
How, how far are we, roughly, would you estimate? Two blocks away from the canal and a good hundred meters down. So you are close enough to see the vans. You are close enough to see the people. You can hear the distant call and response of voices shouting from the riverbed okay. and back up to the surface street, but not much else. You're not close enough to like overhear conversation. I want to try to see if I can get a look. I'm not going to like go running up there or anything stupid, but just from kind of where we are, maybe like take a couple steps closer or something, get up in a tree if there's one nearby, but just to see if I can recognize and confirm like Yes or no, court's there. You look around, Jenny, and despite Vicky adamantly saying that you don't want to go that direction, you do notice that there are a few people that are congregating on the wrought iron fence around this dry riverbed and trying to get a look at what's going on. I'll blend with the crowd. We're all wearing dingy, dingy dark stuff. You start to break away and Vicky immediately reaches out to try to grab you. She's going to try to stop you from moving closer. So if you want to continue, this will be a contest. Her role goes for her value of self-preservation, D10, her distinction. I guess I'll have to do it myself. We'll use her specialty of enforcer. It's a minor specialty though, so only a D8. I have a two, a five, and another two. So it's only a seven. Let's say... Flirted with death because uh, this seems uh, quite literally flirting with death. And then I would like to use the relationship with Court because I'm trying to see if she's there, which is six for my values. I'm going to use my loyalty because I'm putting myself on the line trying to find my friend. And then investigator because I am, in fact, what you would say is investigating. Okay. Uh, I can get behind all that. Okay. Three, four, three, six. So that's going to be a 10 total. So you do manage to win this. Tell me how you do this. She goes to grab you and then... Look, there's already a crowd of people there. I'm just going to sneak behind them. I'm not not running up there or anything. It's going to be fine. Remember what I said. Don't interact with anyone if you can avoid it. But definitely... Do not interact with UCRI. Do you understand me? Yes. Well, with that, I'm going to scurry in. Because Jenny's pretty tiny and mousy to boot, so she's really just going to kind of mouse her way through. I don't know how, how thick is the crowd. Is it like five people or? Just a few people. And they're spread out enough that if you wanted to, you could go and stand away a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. I'll kind of angle myself so there's maybe some people in line so that you wouldn't really see me. But yeah, I'm not going to get close. I'm not going to like bump shoulders or say anything to anybody or anything. But I'm going to go kind of blend with the crowd a little bit. You walk up to the canal and you notice something as you approach that wrought iron fence that stands out to you now where it hadn't before. And it's one of those blue pillars. You notice nobody else is really avoiding these Koyos machines like you have the instinct to at this point. So you have a decision to make. Are you going to attempt to avoid it or are you going to not? So I'm going to do my best to act casual and casually turn my face away from said thing. But I'm not going to look at it and then dart away. But I am going to try to look like casual, but still not put my face towards it, if that makes sense. Give me a quick test here. Yeah. We're going to call this a D8. That's a 10. So I create a whole dice pool. Yep. 
or use the same one because you are involved. That's in what the same I'm thinking. Action, yeah, so. probably be the same one. Same dice pool. Yes. Huzzah. Seven, three, two, five, twelve total. You do manage to move up past this machine, drawing no additional attention to yourself, but you are intensely aware that it is not but two yards behind you, pointed in the same direction as you are, because occasionally a flash will go off, and you know that those flashes are going off on all those machines, and they all seem to be pointed at wherever this action is happening somewhere in this canal. Great. I want to make quick business of this, because I don't want to be in any more of these pictures that I have to. Do I see court? (laughs) Underneath the bridge, there is some type of commotion. While there's a crowd of folks in black-clad jumpsuits, eventually that starts to disperse, and you see them hoist a figure up off the ground, and that figure is limp. Though you don't recognize the jacket on court, you recognize everything else about her. You get confirmation visually that court is being escorted away by a whole cadre of UCRI folks. Okay. And as they reach that staircase on the side of the canal, out of sight from you on the opposite side of the bridge, you hear a few people clapping around you before they begin to disperse. Is everybody near me clapping? Not everyone, but it is intermingled. Some folks do appear to be showing appreciation. Interesting. I'll just kind of do like the the head nod to kind of blend in with the approval crowd. And then I would like to rage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so AC minus two. <laughs> oh, that was great. I'll kind of do like the, the approval head nod thing and then just kind of turn with my back towards the camera to turn and start walking back the way I came. Doing my damnedest to not show any sort of facial expression and again, keep my face away from the camera, but not awkwardly. And I'm going to head back to the group. At this point, because th- there were two ways this could have played out and this came to transpire. Ryan, I am going to ask you to leave the call mm-hmm. and I will send you some information on what is happening to your character because th- they can't know what's going to happen for the next little bit. Okay? So thank you Definitely. very much for joining us, Ryan, and we will talk again shortly. Thank you for having me. Well, good night. Jenny, you make your way back to Victoria, and she is staring daggers at you. Fine, I earned it. (laughs) (laughs) She is visibly jumping out of her skin. She does not like to be standing out in the open for this long. Did you get what you needed? The look on my face says it all. I'm sorry about your friend, but honestly, it's just one less thing to worry about right now. I don't mean to sound cold, but we can't afford any more risks. Come on, let's go back to the basement. We're going back to the basement? At least until we figure out what our next move is. Unless you have another idea? Yeah, what did you say? Can we discuss this in the basement? It's only a few blocks to get back to Victoria's hideout. She swings open the cellar door and shuffles you all inside The dawn has fully broken at this point, and Victoria collapses into the same folding chair that she had when you'd first arrived. It it kind of dawns on you how unfamiliar and alien everything about this place really is. I am sorry. Genuinely sorry about your friend. What What are they going to do to her? I don't know. What exactly did you see? They... 
they were taking her away. I don't, she was limping. I don't know what happened, but it's not good. Oh, no. One of those blue things was there. I didn't want to act suspicious, but I could hear it. She's there because of us. She ran to distract them. We've got to save her. Well, obviously. Agreed, yeah. Victoria, what's our next course of action when they have her? Hold a vigil. Hold a vigil? Keep. You said you didn't want to sound cold before. Keep fond memories. That was so- Eulogize her. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot express to you how hopeless the situation is. I know this is just another person who has come through to you and you've seen dozens and dozens and hundreds, if not this year already. But this is a person we've all known and connected with. Court might stand a chance because when we hit her with the hammer, she didn't react to it. Yeah, nothing happened. And she's, yeah, super nimble and shit. So she might, like, we should try to figure out a way to do that. She sacrificed herself for us. The least we can do is try to get her back. Do you understand that you're talking suicide? I understand. Or capture, or... But are we going to have to run like this forever? Like, what what does our immediate future look like if we don't do this? Yeah, we have to face them eventually. Why, why don't we just hit them all with the hammer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do we have more hammers? I do have the hammer. Do you expect them just to line up in a row? Well, no. Can we make more hammers? Does the hammer have ammo? Can we just keep using it forever? We could use the hammer against them. Oh, we definitely if, should. If, if it has to be aimed so... UCR, like, right, but if we can isolate UCRI personnel as we make our way into their territory or their facility or whatever... Where, Victoria, where we, is their facility from here? Where's the facility for the University of Chicago Research Institute? Hmm. Maybe in Chicago? So we have to do it before they even leave. To go to Chicago. So we have to steal a UCRI van is what you're telling me. Victoria's just sitting here at this moment, staring at all of you like you've all lost your damn minds. That's fair. She's not wrong. <laughs> what does the immediate future look like otherwise? Like, what is our best case scenario here? We have like, the yeah, best case scenario, what would that be? Do my mileage plus miles transfer into this reality? Because I think I could get us to Chicago. <laughs> Bruce, no, I don't think that is how any of this works. It's on my phone. That was so perfect. (laughs) Will my points transfer? What happens next, Tosca? This is the biggest thing that has happened to me in my now years-long quest to figure out what the fuck is going on at UCRI. Finding us? Ever? Yes. And losing one of us. Did you miss the part where... Well, listen, five of you is an infinite amount more than I'd ever had before. I have tried a dozen times now. Uh, Okay, so if we're supposed to... I, I suppose this helps you in some way, right? That you found us? We're supposed to so, help each other because you're kind of in this situation with me now, aren't you? Agreed. That's that's our whole point here. We really need to try to figure out the court situation before they are shipped off wherever they're shipped off to. Listen, I understand that grief is a different and hard process 
for everyone. It's not about grief. It's like, what Tuska, are they going to do I don't think you understand that it is grief now. That's what's left to us. That's a fucking bummer is what that is, Victoria. It's not just... No, I refuse to accept that. There I has agree. to We're be a way. We're just waiting for the same fate then. I have a family. I... What if we follow the van? How? With another van. I already said it. We have to steal a UCRI van. It's the only way to remain inconspicuous. They're not going to look for us as them. Do you want to, to steal go right before they drive a away. UCRI Isn't van? already too late? Yes. Okay, when was the last time any of you even slept? I mean, it's been like a minute. I can see it on your faces. You all look like you've been run through the so ringer. So what, are we supposed to sleep in this fucking basement? What? I can't sleep now anyways. Yeah, like, it's been a fucked up and day, And if we have to Victoria. drive all the way to Chicago, that's a long drive. Somebody's gonna drive Victoria, can and we somebody just, can sleep. Can we assume that you will be here if we go and do this? Leave me one of you. I will stay here and I will Leave let you do you. whatever it is that you wanted to. Leave someone with me so that I don't go away empty-handed after after bringing you all out from like UCRI. We're not We're not we're not a commodity. You don't understand how long I have what tried. What are you expecting to learn from? We don't know fucking anything. Like you're you're trying to tell us how serious. I never serious. told you what else they did to. No. I never told you what else they did to me there, did I? Well, you better get telling because we got a van to steal and a friend to save. Hey. Everybody, most of us has not slept for over a day. I've lost court already multiple times today. I can tell you there's something bigger. And I got a letter. I don't know what it means, but I know Vicky knows something about that. I also know that we need to find court. I'm willing to stay back here with Vicky so we can pursue that truth I don't want to be stuck in this alternate reality forever. I have a life. I have my real clothes, a real family to get back to. And the wingtips. I, I still got the wingtips, Jenny. They're a little scuffed, but it's better than those gym shoes. But I can stay behind. I'm not going to be helpful in breaking into any place anyway. So, Bruce, you're really willing to stay? I have, I have faith that, that that's the right thing to do. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we don't have much time, so we should go. Victoria, we will try to come back. We will come back. Just listen, listen. Do not try to steal a van. Why? That won't go well for you. Find some other means if you can, but a UCRI van is not the way to up. go. Okay. I'm following Jenny. You all make your way out the basement, out the cellar doors, back onto the lawn adjoining this abandoned building whose basement you were just in. As a group, you set off for the canal, heading back to where you last saw Court. The streets are slowly filling up with foot and vehicle traffic, and you don't find it difficult to blend into the small groups of people moving in tight clusters along the sidewalks. No one seems interested in you as you pass, and you're able to arrive at the canal without real impediment. 
you've been walking alongside the canal this whole time as you're conversing and all that you've been mindful you've passed several koyos cylinders along this route i can't wait to blow one of these things up me neither amen big brother shit it seems that that none has paid any particular attention to you you arrive back at the canal and there are a number of personnel. It's the only word that seems to fit every time you see them. A number of personnel in those same black coveralls. They are all over the car that you had come through, Casca, your very first driving experience. They've opened all the doors. There are a number of items that have been taken from inside, things that you recognize from the center console. They're laid out and tagged, and there are folks walking around with protective covers over their feet and their hands that appear to be handling everything. Plot point for a remote <laughs> detonator, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I have zero, or I would do it. All my plot point. <laughs> only, only Blanche has that power. <laughs> See, and y'all made fun of me that session when I was playing fast and loose with my is that a fact? SFX. I mean, Herman did die. Yeah, but also, yeah, someone died. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm seeing here is there's a lot of people at that car. What that might mean is that there is an empty van somewhere very close by. Yes, let's go. He's not wrong. How old do these vans look? Like, do these look like nice new vans? Or are we looking at like like a rusty... It's, it's very difficult to determine an age for a model of vehicle that you have never encountered before. Let's go get a van or find a van and then we can go from there. But hopefully it will have a GPS. She did say not to steal one. What if... You see Jenny's face light up like she just had the best idea. What if we take out a couple of them and steal their outfits and then Fuck we pose yeah. as employees? I'm so down for that. We may or may not die. We have the hammer. We can just shoot a couple of them, like, <laughs> like Blanche said a little while ago. Like I said. <laughs> You're all so very unprepared. Yeah, that, that tracks. I was not prepared to be in a different reality today. Yeah, me neither. Were you? <laughs> I think the best option is to take out a couple of these people, get their uniforms, and steal a van. The disguise idea is, yeah, so far the best. What you're dealing with is not a bunch of beefed up, burly security guards or anything like that. These look like academicians. They look like people that would be more comfortable in a lab somewhere. Oh, fuck mostly. yeah. You can take these people out for sure. <laughs> they are not soft, but they're they're not military, at least not as, say, Jackie would recognize military to be. They're civilians, jumped up civilians maybe, but they're people that are not security-minded first and foremost, at least more so than they have to be. I suggest that we need to find maybe a few that are more secluded to do this. Agreed. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is... Maybe a single person, if we get that lucky. Two people max that don't really look too athletic, or maybe they look a little more nerdy. And super distracted. That are secluded on kind of the outskirts of the perimeter would be kind of the vibe I'm looking for. You have to contend with the 
numerous Koyos machines all around the canal as well. Because where they may be less apt to be security minded, it's only because they have offloaded so much of the necessary security onto these machines. By your initial assessment, doing anything in this area would probably be a fool's errand. How exactly are the the kiosk things set up? Like I'm I was originally picturing kind of a pillar with a single like the camera on the front of it. The kiosks and the koyos are two different things. Oh, the, the koyos, sorry, the cameras. The koyos are about 8-inch wide cylinders and they start with a steel or concrete base. You've seen both. And they tend to be painted something visible. The ones that you've seen so far have been a bright greenish hue below where the machine itself starts. The machine itself is about four and a half feet tall. It starts for Jenny at about waist height and extends until it's about nine feet in the air. At the top of that, there's some type of instrument panel under a clear plastic dome. And that is where you continue to see the flashes from occasionally whenever something of interest happens. So it would Uh, appear as if the camera could 360? Yes. Okay. Man, that shit's tall. Yes. That's not the visual I had made up in my head. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to shatter the illusion. No, these are actually way cooler than the visual I had in my head. So how many plot points would it take for us to find a van alone with two people? we're, We're trying to jump past the narrative portion of it altogether. For two plot points, can I set up a, a van that these people can attack? Yes. Two plot. Yes. Two plot points. Yes. Fuck yeah. You can, fu- Fuck I can yeah, find Blanche. a van as described. You walk your way up the canal, and as you progress, Blanche, something catches your eye. Back a bit in one of the alleys that you pass by, you see a van, a white van, and though you've seen other cars here. The ones that you are now hyper aware of are these white vans seemingly everywhere. This one, though, is back and out of sight, at least of everything else. You stop in your tracks and Jenny and Jackie and Tosca get a few steps ahead of you and you notice something kind of strange. There's somebody standing facing a wall next to the van, seemingly not moving at all. Is he pissing on the wall? It's hard to tell from where you're at. Guys, 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 guys. What? There's a van down the alley. Is there? Is there anyone with it? There's one person. He's maybe peeing on the wall. I can't really tell from here. Have we looked around for anyone else first? I mean, we haven't really seen these people alone by themselves. Very astute, Jackie. As everyone's getting all gung-ho to go up and assault someone... You, you hold your hand up and you stop them. And it's a good thing that you do because you pick out just beyond that on the other side of the van a puff of smoke rising. You can guess from that that there is somebody on the other side of that van. Whether that's a partner or not is very difficult to tell from where you're at. But Ace does let out of low wine. There's something about the situation that is bothering him. What it is, you're not entirely certain, 
but you would say that the person standing at the wall is not the only threat in this out. From what I can tell, I'm pretty sure there's one more other person, but otherwise it looks like we're in the clear, they're pretty secluded. I will go with one of you and we'll send Ace with the other one as backup in case there's any issues. Because I don't think any of us should approach one of them alone. Okay. That makes sense. And I think Blanche would be great as a crying child distraction. With my lost dog. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I'm a lost little child with my dog, and we were playing, and... No, I can't find (laughs) You start to cry, Blanche, and the guy who's facing the wall, his head comes up, and he turns around... And he has a phone in his hands that he was very obviously staring at that he shuts off, shoves it in his pocket, and knocks on the back of the van, almost as if to get the attention of someone else. And a second later, a woman strolls around the front of the van, joins him, and he points to you, standing at the end of this alley, with a dog. Hey, kid. You good? Both of them begin to move towards you, the woman gripping some type of baton at her waist and looking about suspiciously. Looking at her, Blanche, you've never seen someone look so ready for danger. This has been What's in the Rift. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to rate and review on your favorite podcast platforms. If you really enjoyed our show, you can support us directly via Patreon or join our Discord. Both links can be found at whatsintherift.com. What's in the Rift is brought to you by Gas Station Drugs.